going on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class Bought in a tall martini glass Let's swing them down to Ricky's down Welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Jerry McCarty here with the lovely Kelly Maroney. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Kelly. Thank you for being here as always. But today is a special episode, special for me, because we have the great Melody Anderson, the lovely Melody Anderson from one of my favorite films, Flash Gordon. And so I get I get to relive that. Melody, thank you so much for being here. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, really a pleasure being around someone so enthusiastic. Because <laughs> I, I did Flash Gordon in, what, 79? It came out in 1980. And and just uh, to have the appreciation of someone like you oh. um, is really, it means an awful lot to me. It really does. I, I love that film. And I get to ask some questions about that first, which I'm so excited to do. Which I'm so excited to do. First of all... Well, let's see. What should I talk about? First of all, is that uh, one of the things I love? Well, your performance was awesome, by the way. Oh, how kind. Thank but you. that movie, great co-stars you had in that. Sam Jones, who's great. But the villain, Ming the Merciless, is Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow. And we had Timothy Dalton. James Bond, a future James That's Bond. That's right. And we had um, John Osborne, the famous British playwright, and was Topol in it. Topol from Topol. Fiddler on the Roof. Heim Topol, Dr. Zarkov. Dr. Zarkov. And, I mean, we had this um, Mariangelo Malato, who was a very big star in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. We had such this a wonderful staff. People. Plus the design staff. This was always something that made me very sad. The costumes and sets on that movie oh, are stupendous. That in fact, I, they stole a lot of them and used them on Dune afterwards because that was also a Dolores movie. Well, we I'm, should have been nominated. I'm going to give you credit for something here that I don't know if you want to give yourself credit for, but... The Return of the Jedi, George Lucas, I'm telling you, he had to see Flash Gordon because they capture you and they put you in a very sexy looking outfit. And the in Return of the Jedi, it starts with Carrie Fisher in this gold <laughs> bikini, right? Which is kind of a cross between what you and the princess were wearing, right? Right. Well, remember, the Ming... Yours was much more tasteful. Well, I think so. but And much more expensive. It was actually designed by, by a fellow called Danilo Donati, who did a lot of designs for Fellini. Oh, really? So that lets you know why they Some were so creative. Stuff. But remember, uh, Ming's uh, planet was... Asian, so there was an Asian look to a lot of the costumes, and we really wanted to stay true to the comic book. Right, right. Fellini originally wanted to do this movie. I had no idea. Yes. Kelly. (laughs) Yes, I've been doing my research. Have you ever? Because I I, I just think the movie is just so good. The fight scene. I love the football. I love the whole spin that he's a football player. You're a sports journalist, which you are a journalist, right? Right. Well, what's interesting, too, about that that wonderful scene that became so famous is originally Flash Gordon was, um, I don't know, he was somebody else. He was a polo player. And in updating the script, Lorenzo Semple made it into him being a football star. So we're sitting there with, in the set with all these people with these things sh- shaped like 
footballs. They were eggs, sort of looking thing. And Sam comes. Sam Jones is the one who came up with the idea. Who said, you know, why don't we use these a football? Yeah. And I said, wait a minute. If he's supposed to be the all-American, I've got to be the all-American girl cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So I'm the one who came up with the lines "Go Flash Go," which I continued oh. throughout the movie. Oh. But it was Sam Jones who actually made that turned it into a football scene. It was very, very clever. Yeah. Yes. And can you say, um, I love you, Flash, but we've only got 14 hours to save the Earth? Come on. Do we, do, do we love that? <laughs> that is the best line. And the thing is, though, you can say it, but you have to say it sincerely. Yeah. I love you, Flash, but we only have 14 hours to save the world. Oh, I love that. You know, I mean. It's so good. The, yeah. the, so, some of those lines were so wonderful. As they say, Lorenzo Sample is an amazing, uh, funny man. And... Um, and and if you did not play those lines straight, you, you lost the whole meaning of yeah. it. And that's why I love it, is you guys play it straight. You guys do a great job. And you were dressed kind of professional? Yes. Very professional. It's classy, a, a classy look. And also smart. Right. Smart. Right. Yeah. There's no bimbo about what you were doing. Until I got to Ming's Land, and well, I was in. Come on. All the girls were dressed like bimbos in Ming's Land. Let's be honest. Okay, Lots we're of flesh. at our. Despite I could talk about, uh, I could talk about this movie all day long, and I know you don't want me to, but we have to take our first commercial break, and we come back. We're talking about so many other great things that Melody. Anderson was in all my favorite television shows from the 70s and 80s and plus some other movies, soap operas, when we come back at Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste Welcome back to Rick's Martini Bar. I'm here with Jerry McCarty, and we're talking to Melody Anderson. Melody, I understand that you are actually a real journalist, <laughs> not just in the movies. Can you tell us about where you're from and how this, how, how, what led you to, to this? Well, I've always been somebody that no grass grows under my feet, and um, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Canadian uh, people always just sound so better than us. We do. We are, actually. We are. <laughs> However, my parents were from Oklahoma, so I have to really watch the attitude on that one. Oh, okay. I'm a half and halfer. I had gone to high school, and I knew I wanted to get out of Edmonton. We were on the same latitude as Siberia. <laughs> and in those days, before global warming, we would get to, with a wind chill, 80 to 90 below mm-hmm. zero. Now it's only 40 or 50. <laughs> it's in the tropics. But, um, and in the winter, the, what time is sunrise and sunset? Well, in the winter, it comes up around 9.30 and goes down about 3.30. And about short days. Yes, yes. And in the in the summer, it is a great white north, and uh, we ended up getting you know the sun goes down eleven thirty and comes up around four thirty. So yeah, Eek. that far that far north, which meant mean it was cold. And I don't know why, but I somehow thought that going to university in Ottawa. Well, I know why, because I wanted to be a journalist. I, I loved writing in school, and. Um, uh, Carleton University had a great journalism program, and so as I was doing that. Uh, I was also working as a journalist, putting myself through school and modeling as well. It's always been very good to me. And um, and I had uh, come to the end of my, my time, and I knew that I wanted to stay in the big cities like mm-hmm. Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. But in the CBC, which you have to go to some place up in, you know, 
in Yukville or something like that, and I just didn't want to do it. So Where? I, <laughs> the Yukon. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I just uh, I went. Nah, I don't see that. So I took a year off and went throughout Southeast Asia, the Pacific. Oh, mm. um, worked in Australia, and New Zealand because I had a, a, a passport, and did some journalism there as well with radio. That was my specialty was radio. Oh. I, I loved radio. Welcome back. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. You know, it's funny because I ended up doing a radio talk show in New York a couple of years ago, which was about what I'm doing now, which is a, it was a therapy call-in talk show. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make that thing happen, too, here in Los Angeles. Oh, know. that would be wonderful. There, there isn't one right now. No, no. I'm... I'm Getting girded. Oh gosh, we could. It's not like LA needs therapy. No, no. <laughs> There's a, a very famous old radio guy called Joe Pine who said yeah. that when um, when the United States was created, it was at a tilt and all the nuts mm -hmm. rolled to California. <laughs> so you'd think I wouldn't have time to blow my nose here. <laughs> I should have lots of clients all the time. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely want to do. Yeah, I, I, I did it. I loved it. It's fabulous, and you get so many. You get to give so much great information to mm -hmm. people who otherwise can't reach it. They can't afford because of medical bills or whatever. They like the anonymity too. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, it's anonymous calling into a radio station. <laughs> right. So tell a little bit about coming down here. I was think mm -hmm. Kelly is the bravest person in the world. She left Minnesota to go to New York City. But you left Edmonton mm -hmm. to go a to... A whole country. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left a whole country for a year. And, you know, when I came back, it was interesting because I had been a journalist. And when I got to Australia, that's when Rupert Murdoch was there. And the yellow journalism was oh, really... Wow. He, he hadn't quite branched out like he did, you know, is doing now. And and I was, uh, I was the first woman to read the news in Australian... Uh, radio, which was a uh, death sentence because uh, not only was I a woman, but I was also not Australian. Oh. So that was one show. A and, and I just found that, you know, the journalism I wanted to do, especially at that time, females really, unless you look like you've been drawn through the bushes backwards, were not going to get attractive females. We're not on the air. It's a whole nother, oh. wow, whole nother time. And so I just thought, well, this is crazy. So I end up on this sojourn, you know, throughout Southeast Asia. Uh, in Hong Kong. Oh, good. You got yourself to Hong Kong. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> and there was this little place. Um, it was called the Chungking Mansions at the bottom of Kowloon in Hong Kong. And I, it, to me, it was just golden because it had a bathtub and a radio. Mm -hmm. And I listened to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on the radio. And the reason I got into journalism was I liked the idea of being able to communicate and change people. So I listened to this play with Uta Hagen, the original stage oh, play. And I'm in tears, and I said, that's how I'm going to communicate with people. I'm going to be an actor. Oh. So I come back and took all my stuff from Canada, moved here, started, uh, got my... Here to Los Angeles. Here to Los Angeles, yes, sorry. Uh, and uh, got my uh, Kim naturalized citizen and started studying acting. And I was acting by 78, 79. Well, 79 was when we did Flash Gordon. That's right. And that's a perfect time to stop because it's, we have to take another commercial break. We have one more segment left after this. And we got to talk about a whole lot of great people that you've got to work with in your career. And more from Kelly Maroney, Melody Anderson, and me, Jerry McCarty, when we return at Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's Place. Where the girls are refined. And the men have good taste. We are back for our last segment with the lovely 
Melody Anderson and the lovely Kelly Maroney, and I'm Jerry McCarty at Rick's Martini Bar. And uh, you just—I want to talk a little bit about you. We, we took us all the way up to the acting, and you've worked with some great people. Some of my favorite television shows of all times, Chips and Jake and the Fat Man, mm-hmm. and all kinds of great roles that you've had on television. Any memories of some of the actors that that all of our listeners would know, and just. You can, you can leave out the bad ones, but just the nice people. Do you know something? I really, you know, I, the bad ones I can't even count on one hand. Maybe just a, f- a couple of fingers because I've been very... <laughs> fingers. It depends on which one I'm holding up. That's true. So I'm sitting there, and I, and I have had wonderful co-stars. I have worked with, um, of course, in Flash Gordon. We had Max von Sydow. We had Timothy Dalton. I worked Max with Sam Jones. Played Ming, played Ming the Merciless. And played Jesus. In- and played Jesus. That's strange. Uh, that's the yin that's, and the yang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's range. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Bergman. Um, and uh, I've had a chance to work with Chuck Norris, who got me working out. And I work with great TV people. And um, uh, I've just been very, very fortunate throughout my career to work with incredibly well-known people. I've worked with Faye Dunaway. I worked with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I was in Beverly Hills Madam. It was a story about Christian girls, and uh, <laughs> yes. and um, uh, I worked with Ed Marinero when I did a, a true biopic about a woman who was a cop who had posed for Playboy and lost a job, and she fought back and got her job back. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, I, I had a wonderful 15-year run, and I'm very, very grateful for it. I had a lot of fun. I really did. Well, we're grateful for it, too, because we can give us all that great entertainment. Mm-hmm. But tell us what you do now. Well, now um, I'm doing what I think is, to me, my favorite work of all. I'm telling people what to do and getting paid for it. <laughs> it's a girl's dream. <laughs> Actually, I'm a, a licensed clinical uh, social worker in New York State and here in California. And I specialize in addictions, trauma, and family. And uh, I, part of the reason why I specialize in it is uh, in my family, my father had a problem with alcohol. And so I pursued it. You know, you try to understand your histories and where you come from. And it brought me to this point. And trauma has always fascinated me as well. So I've been very fortunate. I, I, in New York, I worked for Hazelden, New York. Uh, which was a sister of Hazelden in, in Minnesota, the mothership, and created their outpatient and their family program and then started my private practice. And I'm here in Los Angeles, came here about four years ago, kind of had enough of New York weather, mm-hmm. much as I love that city. And um, I uh, started a private practice and, and also do facilitate groups at different treatment centers in the city. Now, you and Kelly both have been on soap operas. Tell us, Kelly, on Ryan's mm-hmm. Hope, and you on... All My Children. All My Children, mm-hmm. I know that uh, ABC soaps ABC yeah soaps. we were ABC girls so, so tell us about those days being at, getting a script every day and having to how, how much time did they give you guys to learn that stuff I it anywhere was, from five minutes to, <laughs> to a few hours it was different on Ryan's Hope but we would get our scripts in our little mailboxes mm-hmm. as they were ready so if they were having a good week we'd get four and if they were under the gun We'd be standing there waiting for it really? to take it home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we got ours before. Uh, the mornings, you get up and you do the rehearsals, and then you shoot in the afternoons. We were not live, 
but they didn't want you to make mistakes. So there was cause just because of time pressure. You don't stop tape. Yeah, you just keep keep rolling. And, you know, it's a whole nother world because a lot of it, because it is more TV-based, is and a lot of people consider you, since you're in their homes every day. A they lot know of, you. They know you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was really, really important to also stay connected to fan base. I hadn't quite had this experience of doing films and television. But in the soaps, you go around the country, different malls and radio shows, and constantly promote yourself much more than I ever did in film and regular TV shows, so, which was great because you got to meet everybody, you know, because, you know, you're doing your job. You're like everybody else. Nobody thinks you. And you go to these places go, oh, I love you. And I'm going, oh, oh, thank you. I like that. <laughs> the only problem being is that they usually associated you with the character. Right. And in my case, Natalie, I, w- I was the second Natalie, and, um, um, and I had gone blind, and... Um, I managed to look at the Christmas Angel one Christmas show and get my vision back. Now, that's why I love soaps. Nothing gets in the way of of any kind of crazy idea. (laughs) Wow. You must have had some great... Christmas uh, miracle. Oh, it was a Christmas. You must have had a few uh, miracles and things on Ryan's Hope, When the writer's strike hit, we did. (laughs) All of a sudden, everything went crazy. And they they used my storyline. So I I fell off the top of a building. Did you really? And I woke up six months pregnant. Wow, that was some fall. (laughs) That was some fall. (laughs) Oh my God, a fall from grace. That's too funny. Well, my husband killed me off and all my children. Yeah, I was in a car accident with my former husband and, uh, but my new husband, you know, uh, realized that I was brain dead, which were my favorite days because I didn't, I just had to lie there in a hospital bed. Those are the greatest. (laughs) One time I was in a coma and you just walk in at the end of the day and you don't even really have to put makeup on and fall asleep in the bed because it's more realistic because you don't want to be awake people are crying over you and you know you can get touched so you don't want to be crying too i fell asleep and when i woke up they were putting the sets away (laughs) and i said to this briggsy who's stage manager i'm still here he didn't carry you so i just i got up and i slunk home (laughs) oh yeah you want to if you're a soap uh uh, you want to you want to be in a hospital bed in a coma yes it's your best days (laughs) sometimes i'd say this one actress she 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 had so much to say that one day she only had a couple of sentences and she counted she sat there and counted how much she was getting paid by the word (laughs) for a change Oh, yeah. No, it's very hard work. And soap, soap uh, actors are really, you're like a uh, traveling troubadour. You're throwing stuff together new every single day, really gets your memory going, and there's no room for a lot of nonsense because they don't have the time to do second takes. So the pressure is pretty intense, mm-hmm. but I loved it. I loved doing it. And, and soap operas also, like you said, being blind, you can get your sight back. You can die and actually come back to life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I died, and I think there's another Natalie that's come back. Oh, there back. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had, of course, an evil twin. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. That's, which is more acting. But... I love that. I love that story conceit when they have an evil twin. Oh, that's the best. Absolutely. Well, we are at the end of our oh, show. No, no, no. Too fast. I'm too sorry. fast, Gary. I'm sorry, but uh, you've fulfilled... Hey, great day for me because I got to meet Dale Arden from uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, and one last thing. If you haven't seen Flash Gordon, see it. 
or at least get the soundtrack by Queen, which is awesome. Did you know Queen was going to do the soundtrack when you did Not it? Not when I do it, but I did get to meet them. And I do yeah. want to tell everybody that a new Flash Gordon is being developed over at Fox Studios. Oh, really? Yeah. It'll so. never be as good as well, yours. Never. I can't imagine. <laughs> so we'll see what they do with it. But that's good news to, to new Flash Gordon fans. That's great. That is awesome. So... Thank you so much for being here, Melody and Kelly Maroney. Thank you for being here. I'm Jerry McCarty, and we'll join you next week at Rick's Martini Bar. Yes.